It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is a special bonus crossover edition of Locked On Auburn and Locked On Pac-12. I'm Zach Blackerby. He is Spencer McLaughlin, and we're having to do this because Locked On ACC was not available as we preview <laughs> Auburn <laughs> and uh. Cal kicking off at like close to midnight over here at Central Time. It's going to be the latest game in Auburn history. It's just another game for Cal. But Spencer, you're very high. You're bullish on Cal, and I need you to explain to me why. I've been bullish on Cal since March when their schedule came out and their win total came out, and I looked at what they did this offseason. Now, let's keep the bullish term relative here because I was bullish on them to go over four and a half wins. Got it. That was my bullish take on Cal, and I have been on that train for many months. And by the way, just in case anyone out there is doubting the uh, popularity and influence the Locked On podcasts have across the country, dare I say around the world, sure. after months of plugging Cal over four and a half on my show, their win total moved up to five and a half before the season started. I, I'm just, I'm not saying it was directly because of me. That would be post hoc ergo proctor hoc. And that's a logical fallacy, of course. But I'm also not saying it wasn't because of me. So I'll just kind of leave it at that. But I think you should claim it. Hey, they're already, a, what, a fifth of the way there then? They are exactly on the way. And I, I think they're a 6-6 six and six football team in the Pac-12 this year. I do think they're going to win this game against Auburn on, yeah. on Saturday. I will feel better about that prediction if Sam Jackson plays. He's day-to-day. But Ooh. the reason that I've been bullish on Cal has been kind of threefold. Number one, they addressed their biggest weaknesses in the offseason. Since Justin Wilcox has been there, who's a former defensive coordinator and a good one at that, their offense has not been up to standard. They've been antiquated, outdated, not running modern schemes, and they just haven't been explosive or dynamic. They went out this offseason. They brought in a new offensive coordinator. Their offensive line was bad last year. They revamped it in the portal. They brought in a new offensive line coach. You look at the skill positions that they have. It's been good. The quarterback has been a weakness for them. Like last year, they had Jack Plummer. Not very inspiring, like serviceable, but not inspiring. They go out, they get the best athlete they've had at quarterback, honestly, in the last 20 years or, or so, probably since Aaron Rodgers. And he's a different kind of player than, than Aaron Rodgers, but he's a dynamic playmaker in that sense. So they address their weaknesses, number one. Number two, I think they're poised for a bounce back season defensively after uncharacteristically struggling in many areas and key, key metrics, including passing yards allowed a season ago. I think they bounce back with that, getting Brett Johnson back off an injury, who when he plays is a first or second team all-caliber Pac-12 defensive lineman. And then thirdly, Justin Wilcox has got a lot of pressure on him. And look, it's not as much pressure as some other programs might have. Brian Harson was, of course, fired, as Auburn fans know, after two years as uh, the head coach. That's a fist pump from what Zach Blackerby. Um, but again, Justin Wilcox has gone five and seven and four and eight in his last two years. I think he's coaching with a lot of pressure and I think he's coaching with urgency. And I think the off season moves I talked about are reflective of that. I don't think he's a high level football coach, but I don't think he's a bad one either. Cal has had a lot of losses over the years, but they don't get blown out super often. So that's why I think they're kind of a bounce back team from their four and eight season a year ago, which they were really just a, a few series and a couple games away from being six and six, which is where I think they get this year. And I think sure. they beat Auburn because they're at home on Saturday. Sure. I definitely believe the traveling 
and the factors of, you know, the late kickoff and the West Coast and all that, I, I think that's going to impact Auburn more than Cal's going to. I mean, everything that you mentioned that Cal did over the offseason where they addressed their weaknesses. Oh, wait, Auburn went out and got a totally new offensive line. Oh, wait, Auburn went out and got a quarterback. Oh, wait, Auburn went out and got uh, better pass catcher, uh, be blah, blah, better pass catchers and other offensive weapons. Oh, yeah, and all the guys that Auburn brought in were rated way higher than the guys that Cal went out to get. So I don't know if that argument necessarily makes a whole lot of sense as far as the reasoning why they're going to win on Saturday. Well, what I think I'd that say, may what make I, sense. What, what, I think that what, may make sense as far as them going over that five and a half that FanDuel said. Sure, I, I understand Auburn. Auburn had a good offseason. I like the travel component that you brought up. I think it would yeah. surprise a lot of SEC fans to know that the California Golden Bears brought in a top 20 transfer portal class this offseason on 24-7 sports. What was Auburn's though? Auburn Auburn's was third. top five, right? But normally, if you're talking about Cal revamping their roster in an offseason, you are not typically looking at a roster that has brought in multiple three- and four-star transfers who were either three- and four-star guys coming out of high school or greatest three- or four-star transfers coming out of, of the portal from their previous stops. So I, I think you can make the case, look, from a composite standpoint, sure, the talent is probably deeper on, on the Auburn side of things. And I think the biggest question mark and why I'd feel better if Sam Jackson played is Cal's offensive line against the Auburn defensive front here. But I don't think that gap is as big as Auburn fans would perhaps like it to be or as it would normally be for a school like Cal that is, has not been a premier brand in college football in, in quite some time. They brought in pieces that fill their needs. They brought in pieces that are, are making them a better team right here and right now. And you combine that with solid coaching, not great, but solid coaching. And they're at home for their home opener. Auburn's got to come a long way, play a late night game. I, all, all those factors to me lead up to why I think Cal wins on Saturday. Sure. Once again, I, I think you're making the argument for why they win more than five and a half games. I don't think you're making the argument why they win necessarily on Saturday. But we're, we're talking about offensive players on both sides of the ball because I, I think it's going to be fireworks, right? The over-under right now is 54 and a half. I am pounding the over. I, I think both teams are going to be able to score a lot of points. I would be careful pounding Saturday. the over. Why is that? Because you have a you have a world in college football in which the clock now runs after a first down, so offenses don't get as many plays. That's the first part. The second part is Cal offensively when they have found success the last couple of seasons, it has been particularly the last two years running the football with Jaden Knott, who is one of the most dynamic offensive players on He's either good. side of the ball. He's yeah. really really good. They're going to want to get him and Isaiah Fonse going in the backfield because that's why they had success on Saturday, scoring their most points on the road against North Texas since 2015. Their most points ever in the Justin Wilcox era. It started on the ground. And if Sam Jackson doesn't play, I think they even more so want to get the ground game going because Ben Finley is not particularly mobile. So you're going to need to establish that sort of balance. So I, I think that Auburn has the personnel to make Cal's offense struggle more than it did, certainly last week when it had a lot of success. And I think the game plan for Cal can lean towards, you know, a more low-scoring low affair. I, 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 I just wouldn't rush to hammer the over. I'd need to look, you know, further into it. I'd fully examine that. But your take of like, oh, I'd hammer, I'd hammer the over there, I'd, I'd be cautious about that. And also, I wanted to ask you this question, Zach. Sure. Uh, what happened the last time Peyton Thorne Paid a, played a Pac-12 school. Oh, uh, who did they play? Who did Michigan State play last year? They played Washington. Yikes. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Yikes. And, and, and I actually was, think his stat line was fine in that game. I don't think that was actually on Peyton Ford. They had that. like 10 points going into the fourth quarter or nothing good. Yeah. I mean, I think we all agree Michigan State's roster last year was not was not great. It would have been 20, it wasn't, 23. It wasn't, it wasn't outstanding, but here's the other thing. Washington under Kalen DeBoer is not what you would call a defensive juggernaut. And I think schematically, Justin Wilcox has got more in the bag than the Huskies do. Washington, I think, had better defensive line personnel last year. But if you're talking about the secondary, I'll take Cal's this year over Washington's last year, which was a big, big weakness for the Huskies. Their defense was not particularly good all season long. They had their moments, but I think this Cal defense is better than that. Uh, So, yeah, Peyton Thorne's line in that game was 30 for 42, 323 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. How many of those yards came after they were already down 23 points or whatever it was? Not sure. I can't look that up. The answer is a lot. I can't look that up on the fly. The answer is a lot. But you asked how he did. And if he does that on Saturday, Auburn wins by a lot. I don't think he's doing that. Not on Saturday. All right. All right. If you want to go to this game, Spencer, where should you go? Where should you go to buy tickets? Where should you go to buy tickets? Uh, How about game time? I hear they're great. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, it's the best app. And my favorite thing about game time is when you download these things, you can you can click on the tickets and you're like in the seat. You get to see like what the field looks like from where you're sitting. So I think that's pretty cool. So just to be clear, you don't get to actually watch the game from that view. You still got to buy the ticket, but you get that little extra detail so you can know, Ooh boy, I really want to have that view. I want that seat or I don't want that one. The field goals in my way too much. I want to be closer to the 50 yard line. You get all those little details. Let's go. Let's go. And Hey, when you buy, uh, tickets using the Game Time app for the first time. Use promo code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. But once again, Game Time app—it's free in your phone's app store. Use promo code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first tickets. Uh, and also, Spencer, can you imagine how hard it is to nail hires for your local business? It's impossible. Not, not with anymore. LinkedIn Jobs. I know. Can Isn't you imagine trying to hire somebody and not using LinkedIn jobs? That'd be like Cal looking for an offensive coordinator the last couple of years. But now they bring in Jake Spavadol. I bet they use LinkedIn jobs and boom, 58 points in week one. And it's smart for Cal. One, because you're going to be given the best candidates possible and you can post your job for free. And I'm sure they use all the screening tools. They're like, no, we want somebody that's actually good. We want somebody that averages multiple touchdowns per game. Mm-hmm. And then boom, that's how they found their guys. No, seriously, go to LinkedIn dot com slash locked on college to post your job for free of course terms and conditions apply spencer what i'm watching for specifically on saturday it has to do with auburn's pass rush i think auburn's ability to rush the passer is going to be crucial and i don't know if they're necessarily going to be able to do it with their personnel what we saw with ron roberts's defense against umass very small sample size and you got to think it's somewhat vanilla because of the situation they were in but He sent everybody. He sent safeties. He sent nickels. He sent outside corners. He sent everybody. And the pressures added up over the course of the game. I'm curious to see how Cal game plans for that if they keep extra guys in as blockers um, because Auburn's going to have to get some sacks to stop drives this Saturday. I think it's going to be absolutely crucial. Yeah, I I think so as well. And and like I mentioned, you know, new offensive line coach, a little bit different unit up front for – the Golden Bears, I wouldn't describe it as a strength of this team per se, but I think if they can just be solid, they have 
the players at the quarterback, receiver, and running back spots to be able to to move the f- football and put points up on the board. And I think we saw that uh, a week ago. And look, it was just a G5 team, right? It's American Conference team, a new member of the American in uh, North Texas. But when you were a good football team, how do you play against G5 opponents? You beat them something like 58 to 21. And this was not an FCS opponent that's an American conference or formerly conference USA. So I, I think that was a good early sign, certainly not indicative of, oh, everything is solved. Cal's even better sure. than I think they're going to be or, or anything like that. But it was certainly an encouraging first step. I mean, you look at what Washington did to, to Boise State, you know, 52 to 19, I, I think was the final score there. You know, kind of similar to what, to what Cal was able to do over the weekend. Not saying Washington is as good as Cal, but good teams against average G5 competition look like that. So yeah. that's at least an encouraging first step. But they were able to run the football really well. They threw it well. Sam Jackson was looking great, threw a long touchdown uh, to to Jeremiah Hunter, and then unfortunately got hurt. But insert Ben Finley, who pushed Sam Jackson to be the starting quarterback, I think more than some people, myself expect included, realized going mm-hmm. into this season. And he showed just why. Now, he is not the athlete that Jackson is. You can certainly make the argument, though, he's the more refined passer of the two. I think that's a pretty clear-cut argument because he's just played more snaps. He was at North Carolina State where he made, I don't remember how many, he made a lot of starts over there, and he came in, he went for 279 yards, two scores and a pick, and Cal ran for over 200 yards on the ground. If they put up anywhere close to 200 yards rushing, I love them in this game, and I think if Ben Finley ends up being the starter, he just needs to be in like the, mm, I don't know, 250, 260 range, two to three scores, no more than one interception, and Cal will have a good chance to win. Fun fact, I've mentioned it several times on my show this week, but it could be a fun antidote for your show. Sam Jackson played wide receiver for Peyton Thorne in high school. Did he really? And then when Peyton graduated and went to Michigan State, they moved him from receiver to quarterback. Fun fact. I did not, I did not know Fun that. Fact. And he was, Sam Jackson was originally uh, at TCU, a four-star coming out of high school and a top 30 quarterback in, in his class. Wasn't playing there, wasn't going to play, and he comes over to Cal and wins the starting job, largely on the back of his uh, of of his legs because he yeah. he is. I don't know if you've seen him run, Zach. He's fast, dude. He's he, fast. He, he's fast. He's a, he's he's got a big arm and he's really really fast. The question with him is, can he make can he be a quarterback, not an mm-hmm. athlete who the ball is snapped to on every play? The early returns against North Texas were, hey, he's making real throws here. Like you go watch his touchdown to Jeremiah Hunter, you're like. That's a big time power five throw, but he only threw and completed a few passes in that game before, unfortunately, he got hurt. So let me let me get your thoughts on this, and then then we'll wrap up the. And I don't know how closely you followed Auburn's quarterback battle or watched Auburn's game against UMass, but there was a quarterback controversy for a little bit. The name Peyton Thorne started Robbie Ashford, who started a bunch of the games from a year ago. Very athletic, very very dynamic with his legs. Not a great passer. But in the red zone, they put Robbie in, did packages, and he was unstoppable. It was against UMass, right? But he scored three times on the ground. Very, very effective when he was in the game with his feet. Do you think that's going to translate to other folks against other folks? Do you think he'll that'll be successful in the red zone against Cal or other Power 5 teams? I think it can be, yeah. I mean, the red zone, everything gets condensed, and it becomes a numbers game. You know, for all of his flaws, I thought that uh, Tom Herman at, at Texas utilized the quarterback run really, really well, and I'm a huge, huge proponent of it. If you have a guy who 
you know, is either not likely to get hurt or like Robbie Ashford, who can go out there and put himself in harm's way because he isn't necessarily the starter. I think the question there as to whether you can do that against power five teams is you create a numbers advantage in the running game. But if you suddenly become predictable in that every time he goes in the game, you know, he's going to run it. You might not be able to get more than a few yards at a time. But if you have first down and goal at the eight and you say, okay, we don't even want Peyton Thorne in the game. We're going to put Robbie Ashford. And yeah, I think that can work. But Robbie Ashford has to be able to present the threat of throwing the football and make tight window throws. Otherwise, I think it's just a one play per goal to go opportunity situation. That's how I would see it if sure. I, if I had you know that that sort of quarterback situation for my team is like okay, I'm I'm good with him going in. You know, it reminds me of Jack Coletto at Oregon State last year. He never presented the ability to throw the football really. So every time he was in, you knew he was running. It was still hard to stop, but they weren't putting him in for an entire goal line situation. If mm-hmm. Ashford is able to throw the football and execute red zone plays, yeah, I'd put him in there because. He can run around a little bit and do straight quarterback runs. and uh, but, but if you can't bring that passing threat, then it seems like it's, you know, okay, it's third and short. We, we want to run the football. They know we're going to run the football, but we only need a yard. So we're just going to go out there and, and put it on the ground and put Ashford behind center. Spencer, thank you so much for this uh, little crossover action. We've done this a few times. Of course, you were representing Locked on Ducks. At the time, of course, where you still host. But where can people check out everything you've got going on and how can they tell you that Michael Dyer was, in fact, not down in the 2010 National Championship. Well, I'm just going to leave now because I'm very upset and I'm going to go curl up in a ball for the rest of the day. But while I'm curled up in said fetal position, you can find me at smalls underscore 55 where I uh, will tweet everything out for Locked On Ducks and Locked On Pac-12, which I host Monday through Friday on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Zach, of course, the host of Locked On Auburn for all my Pac-12 people listening out there. But I am really, really excited for this game. I've been looking forward to it since March. And yeah. it's finally it's finally game week. And I, uh, I will be wildly obnoxious should the Golden Bears prevail. Oh, that goes both ways, my friend. That goes both ways. Thanks for tuning in. This has been the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.